0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Virtue Signal. I'm Bill Whittle and Alfonso Rachel, uh, just right there next to me on camera. But in reality, he's an undisclosed number of miles away. Uh, anyway, we were, uh, we were talking on our last show about the human connection, and, and uh, Zo mentioned a, a term kind of in passing that I think certainly warrants its own episode, probably warrants its own season. And that term is deconstruction. When you get into all of the things that you're seeing now with critical race theory, which is basically just the most recent iteration of critical theory, which is the Marxist belief spawned by the Frankfurt School that in order to destroy America, you had to divide it up into tribes and set the tribes against the middle, not against each other, against the middle, against the establishment, against the history, against the patriotism, against the e pluribus unum, against the idea that people could actually live together as friends and very least as neighbors, no, I can't have that. So we had to divide people up into tribes. But the word, that the term rather that, that to me is so much a part of that is deconstructionism. And of all the of all the terms that I hear out there today, I think I hate this one the most. It's a contest because there's a lot of stuff out there I'm not hmm. very fond of. But deconstructionism, uh, there's a lot to talk about with this. And I want to start off, though, with the just the arrogance of it, the, just the raw arrogance of it some professor someplace at some university will deconstruct Hamlet and he'll tell us what Shakespeare really meant with Hamlet. He'll tell us that Shakespeare was trying to make a position on homosexuality here or or this is Shakespeare talking about toxic masculinity or whatever. They They will make an attempt to tell you what Shakespeare was telling you by breaking it all down into little tiny pieces, and then picking the pieces that you want—not all the pieces, just the pieces that you want—putting them together in a different order. Ta-da! The entire idea of deconstructing something that that you have somehow got the intellect or the or the or the insight to to take a masterpiece and and show me how the masterpiece works and and not only that but here's a better version of it you know it it just it just reeks of that kind of intellectualism that idea that you know if we make everything really really complicated and use big big words and a lot of them then everybody's going to think that we're really really smart and and i just find the whole thing to be Disgusting and 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 humiliating to them, and 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 sometimes funny, but mostly just
1: arrogant. Arrogant, indeed, man. You know, it's uh, that that interpretation thing, and it, it, it applies to whole bunch. Whether it's you know uh, in college where somebody is breaking down some literature, or or whether they're breaking down the Constitution, it's it's going to be this thing that's open to you know whoever the authority is at the at that time uh, mm-hmm. who was able to get that position wants to interpret it as, and, um, and that's, that's a, that's a scary thing. Cause you know, even, even, um, with that's like with storytelling, which is such a powerful medium, um, it can be powerful for good. And it can be powerful, of course, for bad. And um, unfortunately it's humans inclination to just be selfish. You know, and we wanna see ourselves in things. There you go. You know. That's it. Mm.
0: Me and Shakespeare, uh Shakespeare wrote this, but but I'm I'm actually know more about what Shakespeare was writing about Yes, uh, than Shakespeare did.
1: Right. You know, and, and the thing is it and, and I get and, and that's to a degree, it's okay. It's okay to see yourself in a story. It's you know, it's, it's you know, to, to uh, this is not this is not seeing yourself in a story. Mm. This is breaking down
0: the story. This is destroying the story. Sure. This sure. is deconstructing the story and not and and not putting themselves in the story. Everybody wants to be in the story. When you read or watch, when you you really should watch Hamlet, mm. everybody feels like oh I, I can relate to that. That's why it's the greatest thing ever written. You watch uh, Star Wars and you think I could be Luke Skywalker. But this isn't that. Mm. This isn't this isn't the audience identifying. With something, this is this is a deliberate attempt for the for the intellect to to disassemble and destroy something that is more powerful than the intellect, which is which is the power of wisdom and story and timelessness and humanity, and it's not a, a, it's not a reconstruction, it's a deconstruction, it's an intellectual hammer to smash things into pieces, because the people I think who are motivated to do this on some fundamental level, can't stand the fact that somebody like Shakespeare or anybody else could do something timeless and they simply cannot and they know it.
1: Well, OK, so now would it be fair to ask, though, because we talk about the, uh, the the motivation, what's the motivation for doing that, even if they're going to deconstruct it, even if uh I guess maybe it goes back to what was that line? I, I actually saw one of the Batman movies, man. And I and, uh, was in Michael Caine. said, so, Hey, look, man, somebody, some people just want to watch the world burn. There you go. You know, um, and, and there is that, there's a lot of truth to that. It's like, what, for what rational reason do you want to do that? Um, but when you do have these people who have a position of authority where they have an audience, where people actually want to, I guess, be edified by this person who is going to deconstruct this story, and put their own narrative to it, I guess even in deconstructing that story, there are going to be some who are motivated to try to insert themselves in the story somehow. And they want you to perceive this story according to their ideas. That's
0: right. And now
1: we're getting to the political aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And by the way, before we get into that, let me just
0: say this. I'm not talking about criticism, uh, either professional or amateur criticism. You can, you can be a You can read a a critic's review of of Hamlet or a movie, and that may be an extremely negative review, but it's not dissecting the movie into individual pieces and telling you what the filmmaker really meant or what the author really meant. Mm -hmm. It's just, I don't find this aspect of the story doesn't work or this character's weak, whatever. It's not the same thing. So now we get to the heart of the matter, and that is not even so much the the act of the deconstruction, but what is the target of the deconstruction Mm -hmm. because so far, we've talked about deconstructionism is basically a literary kind of a ivory tower, you know, college professor, elitist, snob, you know, <laughs> midwit uh, kind of exercise. And that's where it started. But I'll give you a good example of the kind of deconstructionism I'm talking about. There was, a, I guess it was a year or two ago now, there's a statue. I think it's in Massachusetts. might be in Illinois. I don't even know, remember where it is. But anyway, it's a statue of Abraham Lincoln, and he's holding out his hand and there is a slave on the ground and his chains are unbroken and the slave is looking at the horizon like he, he's rising. And Lincoln basically severed the chains with the Emancipation Proclamation. And, uh, and some guy, some modern student, uh, looked at that and said he thought it was offensive. And so there was a major effort to pull it down. But the reason I bring this story up is because that statue was paid for by slaves by people who had actually been actual slaves, who had nothing, nothing. And they would chip in a penny or a nickel or or whatever they had to build this statue. And this is what I'm talking about when I get into deconstructionism. Who does this guy think he is, you know, raised in all of this affluence and all of this freedom and all the rest of it? Who, what makes this guy say, well, I'm offended by this. But the actual people, the actual slaves who he is being offended on behalf of, right, mm. are the ones that paid the money to build this thing in the first place. This is where this deconstructionism mm. is headed, is to break apart all of the of the fundamental – I notice nobody's deconstructing uh, uh, Harold Zinn or Howard Zinn. <laughs> Zin, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I notice there's no deconstruction of, of Saul um, uh, Lewinsky. Mm. Alinsky, Alinsky, Alinsky yeah. not Lewinsky. Just, uh, yeah getting older. But but you see where I'm going Mm. with this, right? All of these foundational structures, literature, science, science is being deconstructed. Well, there's, you know, we wrote this paper. Well, there's not enough, uh, there's too many Asians on the review board and and not enough uh, Hispanics. And so therefore what? The papers, what? This, this is what, this is what they do. They take things that have value, cultural value intellectual value and they smash it to pieces mm. they tell you they're smashing it to pieces so that they so that they can explain to you what they really meant mm. but the main objective is if you can't turn it into positive propaganda at the very least you get to smash it to pieces and that's why luke skywalker became an old uh, cranky cowardly Green milk drinking, you know, murderer. Because because he was a powerful example to an entire generation, and so he couldn't just be killed. He had to be deconstructed. They had to unmake the legend of him. They had to they had to unmake everything that people liked about him. And that's worse than destroying something. That's unmaking it. That's actually like the, the pop culture term is retcon, retroactive um, continuity. They basically just went and rewrote the past, and they're very good at this rewriting the past. The Soviets said, uh, in, in in the Soviet Union, the, the the future is certain; it's the
1: past that's always changing. Oh man, right on! You know, and it's it's almost like I guess they find. Such great entertainment value in in making these sort of nuances, and and the nuances always seems to be something going dark or something going evil. I mean, because in the dark, I guess you can imagine whatever you want, you know. Uh, And that's what they like, and that's that seems to be what they gravitate gravitate towards, and you know, and but that's just what the dark darkness is, and it doesn't comprehend light, so they they stick to what's familiar. And what's unfamiliar to them, I guess, is just whatever they can imagine. You know, and, uh, when we're talking about, like, deconstructing things, and, and, and as you say, man, who do you think you are to deconstruct this message and give your own interpretation of it? Man, that goes right back to the devil himself. I can see the devil, man, in his, you know, as, as a serpent in a freaking turtleneck with his professorial glasses on, Mm -hmm. basically telling them, did God really say that? Let me tell you what he really meant. Yeah, let me, that's exactly <laughs> right. Let me tell you what God really means by this, by this yeah. passage. You know, yeah. and, and, and God was like, and look man, I I, I I gave you my policy. You know, I, I gave it to you. Yeah, but Your when name. you look at but when you look at the uh, prodigal th- son through the lens
0: of intersectional uh feminism, you realize that what Jesus was saying was not what Jesus was saying, but just the opposite. You know, it was really all about Mary Magdalene. <sassy voice tribal sound>
1: but you know, the thing is, um and, and even you know, even I we have to admit, just like anything else, any other literature, any other uh law that's written, you know, uh, for for states to uh, abide by or citizens to abide by, they're going to be subject to interpretation, right? It got to say the same thing about the Bible. But, you know, here, here's the difference. The big difference is the Bible itself was written with a lot of metadata in it. It's like, you really can't get this long. Once, once again, it's one of those things where, uh, you have no excuse to not understand this. When I, when I, when it's, it's like when you, when you fill out some sort of policy and it asks you, do you understand English? Do you understand everything that is English? Written? Do you, do, do read you speak it? it? <laughs> right. Sir. So the Lord's uh, like, yeah. yeah, everything in here is, uh, you have all the metadata that you, every aspect of my intention is baked into each one of these words right? It's, 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 you know, we have metadata so we can conduct more effective searches. Well, all that metadata is baked into each word that God was talking to. This is exactly where I'm coming from. Here's the context to show you examples of how that word was supposed to be used. All that sort of stuff is already baked in there. So there's no excuse to misinterpret it. If a person does misinterpret it, it is because they are trying to dissect it to basically, I guess, take their own, uh, insert themselves into the narrative to see themselves and what they want and use. And the Lord says this, he says, look, man, they're gonna people who are gonna kill you and basically say, I'm doing it for Jesus. I'm doing it for God. Yeah, like, like, it's like
0: Antifa, right? Yeah. We're anti-fascists who dress in black, head to toe with black boots and black leather jackets, and we wear masks, mm-hmm. and our flag is black and red, yeah. and we go around kicking people who we, and beating up people who we, uh, who we disagree with, mm-hmm. unarmed people, because we're anti-fascists. Right. The, the irony <laughs> meter
1: explodes. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and the Lord you know, puts in very basic safeguards. Get it? Before you go killing people, uh, saying that you're doing it for me, you forgot to read that part that says to not take my name in vain. I, I, I made that pretty clear, you know, and you're supposed to know the difference between murder and killing, Or killing in defense of somebody trying to murder you or take over your territory. You're supposed to know these things. I put it in here, you know. But you know when we're talking about deconstructing and somebody trying to make that, you know, for for frivolous purposes, just because they got a grudge or a gripe with somebody else and just want to watch the world burn, as we say, or whether they're trying to insert themselves into it. There's no justifiable reasons to it for it. And like I said, the word of God itself, it it can't be. It can't be rightfully de- deconstructed and, and leave it for somebody else to say, well, that's a good deconstruction of it or there's a bad one. There's only one way to actually view it. Just the problem is and, we just try to make those decisions on our own.
0: Right, and, uh, and that metadata that you were talking about that's built into the Bible is also built into good literature and bad literature. Uh, when I was a theater major, I had a very memorable moment, very memorable, where this acting uh, teacher who everybody respected uh was directing this play and and somebody just kind of missed a line, you know. They, they was supposed to say, you know, I'd rather be here than there, and he said, Let's go over there. Something something like that, right? And and he and he stopped him, immediately stopped him and said, You have to get every single word in this script exactly right because writers spend hours or days getting the words exactly the way they want them. Mm. And if you as an actor start deciding that you're going to start rewriting this play, then you're in the wrong line of work. You need to be writing plays, not acting. them. Mm. And, and, and I was so struck by that because it does, it, it erodes the intention of something that has been very carefully crafted mm-hmm. and that a lot of work went into. And it's just done in a kind of a cavalier fashion. But speaking of dis, uh, deconstruction politically, there's a, a very famous picture of Stalin. It's called The Missing Commissar. Uh, this picture of Stalin, black and white picture, and he's walking along with a couple guys on his right, and then on his left is a very small guy named uh, Nikolai Yezhov. Uh, Yezhov was about five foot tall, and Yezhov was the great, the single great murderer of, of the Soviet Union. Beria probably killed more people, but Yezhov killed more people in a year or two than anybody. He was just... He ran a murder machine, and eventually Yezhov was executed and and so on, so they airbrushed him out of the picture, and now they did it using very primitive technology, you know, literally painting on a photograph, and you can pretty clearly see that there's something funny there, but he's gone. He's taken out of history. He has been deconstructed from the narrative. It used to be that we wanted Yezhov in the picture, as you mentioned in our last show, because people thought, oh, Yezhov, he's, he's, he's protecting the Soviet people. But now that he's gone and we don't like him anymore, we're going to deconstruct the history of the Soviet Union encapsulated in this photograph, and we're going to change history. We're going to take him out of that picture, going to break it down in little pieces, take the Yezhov off, paint it over, and here's the new history that we want people to, to remember and build upon. And We see this all over the place with things like the 1619 Project and all, 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 all of this stuff. To some degree, even, I think, the deification of of American Indians, you know. I, I, I can't speak for American Indians, but I can tell you, if I was this person in an American Indian body, I would be very, very, very offended that my warrior ancestors were treated like a bunch of pot-smoking hippies who did nothing but pet ponies all day, you know? Uh, <laughs> so all of, these, all of these things that, that make the, the pedestal that, that the now is built on are being chipped away, and the excuse that they're using to chip it away is that, uh, see, you didn't really understand the actual meaning since I went to the university and I have 19 letters behind my name and so on, uh, let me explain to you what Shakespeare really meant. Let me explain to you what Hemingway really meant. Let me explain to you what, what Michelangelo was really trying to say here. And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's just a cheap, low form of intellectual camouflage in order to allow them to break things that they don't like.
1: Indeed, man, it's like they're more educated in manipulation. You know, it's like, or or people who go into the law, it's like, did you did you really go in the law to uphold the law, or did you go in the law to become familiar with the law so you can manipulate it? You know, and that's that seems to be what people you know want to do. You know, with their education is is just have the leverage. It's it's weird because <clears throat> education has been sold on this thing that liberates you. You know, if you have an education, you're free. And you know, to a lot of degree, that's that's true. But at the same time, you have a lot of people who are taking their education and using it to deprive other people of their freedom. You know that's that's what we seem to have a lot of and it's that's of course that's an abuse of 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 liberty and it's a, it's a misinterpretation of liberty and and once again those things have to be have to be grounded in something you know and it's um you know just the resources that we have man when i just get down to it i look at the resources that we have and you know we're talking about convenience and we're talking about technology uh access to information and stuff like that you know to what ends are we using it for and what point do we get to, to where people actually realize, aside from realizing that, you know, other people are doing, this is what you're doing, you're a bad person, I'm a good person, I'm a moral supremacist and all that sort of stuff. Do we realize that A, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know, man, because even people, when they try to pull that self-effacement stuff, man, they even do that wrong. When they try to admit their faults, you've got these people who are like admitting their faults and stuff like that and, and admitting that they're guilty of something that you may not actually be guilty of. And But here's the thing. It's not so much that you want to admit that you're guilty. You're only doing, doing it because you're hoping that other people will admit that they're as guilty as you are so you can feel better about yourself. It's it's
0: Or for the <laughs> ego
1: stroke of it, yes. right? You know,
0: you're one of the good white liberals, you know, mm. because I just went out there and said i've been part of the oppression of slavery and i didn't even know it and i have a lot of learning to do and i i meant no harm to anybody when i when i used the word black hole i didn't mean to (laughs) to uh to impugn but i realized that it's my insensitivity and my privilege and let, let me nail myself to this cross of my own manufacture so that all of you will realize just how morally advanced
1: i am yes by shooting myself in the head. And it sells, don't it, man? That, that self-righteousness, man, it, it, it sells. So that's one of the reasons why I guess, uh, CRT is, is taking such hold because it really gives you a chance to say that I'm, I'm such a good person because I realize how, how evil how I am. How evil I am. And, yep. uh, and what we, what, or was. Yeah. And what I'm working, I'm working yeah, on. Yeah. It. And what we've done to black folks even though they haven't come to the conclusion that, yeah, the stuff that happened to black folks, you are a supporter of the party who did it, which I think is really ironic. But you know what, I I, I look at business models. I man, I just did a, you know, as I, I, I'm i gonna talk a little drummer talk here because I, as I'm a drummer. I love, I love Zildjian symbols, right? And I just saw one of their statements. It, it came up in like in 2020 and it's confronting racism and how the Zildjian company is going to be proactive in, in doing these things, basically kowtowing to the Black Lives Matter narrative. Broke my heart, man. Broke my heart. You know, and they're talking about these things that are gonna, they're, they're gonna do. And I. Can't you just make good symbols? Yeah, you know, it's like you, you, you were already a part of bringing people together with music. You know, you're you're already doing that. But now what you've done is that you've alienated a whole bunch of your voice, uh, of of your audience and, and people who enjoy your products and stuff like that. And now them being, you know, they're, they're Turkish symbols. But speaking of, of companies that are owned by, you know, white people, who are going to do this and they're going to do this and they're going to make for sure that there's funding and they're going to they're going to make sure to hire more minorities and and they're going to set up uh funds for for blacks to be able to set up their own businesses and it's like you guys really don't get it do you you still think that you're superior and black folks can't do nothing unless you do unless this you, you know it's like right. you guys haven't stopped you know you haven't stopped they can't stop they can't, they stop. can't stop because that moral supremacy man which is basically being more so led by these white liberal Democrats, whom I call the real white devils, if you will, uh, yeah. that, they're the ones who are doing it. But you know, under that guise of good intentions and stuff like that, hey, that's that, that good intention hood works really good. <laughs>
0: yeah, and they're fully self-deceived yeah. too. And I'll just close with this, You know, the, um, the, the, one of the single greatest examples of deconstruction, and, and you could make the case the most destructive one, was one I didn't even realize until, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, something like that, when when they tried to ram Obamacare down the country's throat. And when they asked where they had the constitutional power to do that, they said, well, it's from the the Commerce Clause gives us the authority to do that. And I'd heard the Commerce Clause for years and years and years before that being justified as this and this. So I decided to go to the Constitution, read the Commerce Clause. And the people saying, well, you have the right to remake the healthcare system said, look, it says right here in the Constitution, Congress shall have the power to regulate trade. Oh, well, if it's in the Constitution, I guess it's constitutional. The actual sentence is, Congress shall have the power to regulate trade among the states, foreign powers, and Indian tribes. In other words, they put a period where there was no period, and all of the the things that Congress was allowed to regulate, gone. Hmm. So, yes, if you are a state or if you are an Indian tribe or if you are a foreign power, you individually, you listening to me right now, if you're either an Indian tribe, a state or a foreign power, then Congress can mess around with, the, with your business. But if you're not one of those things, they can't because the constitution's very clear, very clear, the United States means the federal government, the people, the state, the people, the, the United States. And, and it was such a, it was such a flagrant mm. lie to put a period there you know it's just it's that kind of selective editing mm. where where you you take somebody's first half of a sentence and just put a period there and 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 present it to mean the exact opposite of what it actually meant
1: thank you man thank you for for, for uh you know reminding folks of that because you know these kind of things it's it's, it's so weird how liberal and, and, and that self-righteousness man it sells and when you can go ahead and just like you know and, and they're really good at imagining things that aren't there or imagining things that are there. And you have people giving over these to imaginations, and this is how business, I guess, is done. And it gives the government the power that it's not supposed to have to go ahead and regulate however they say that they're able to regulate, and people just have to suck it up and and just go with it.
0: If it hasn't dawned on you yet, folks, the reason that the American system of um, public assistance is called welfare is because in the preamble to the constitution, which is basically saying, come on and have a seat. This is not the business. This is the come on and have a seat. But in the preamble, it says, you know, provide for the general welfare, uh, pr- uh, promote the general welfare. Yeah. And so what they did was 200 and some years after the constitution was written, they took a word from the preamble of the constitution, stuck it on this socialist thing that, that, that is contravened by virtually everything in the constitution mm-hmm. And said, see, it's a, it, it, says right here in the, it says right here in the Constitution, it's provide for the, the welfare, general welfare. Um, and so I guess we'd better do this thing. It's, it's all deconstruction. When you read the entire document, whether it's the Bible, the Constitution, when you read everything to the period at the end of it, at the end of the last sentence, you're right. All the metadata is built into mm-hmm. it. And any effort to smack this up, smash it up into little pieces and rearrange the pieces is somebody lying to you and they're using the camouflage of some sort of superior uh, interpretation that you're not bright enough to get. Yes. And um, and I will be happy to see these people uh, see their philosophy get run into the river because I'm convinced that the uh, that the tide is turning fast. Mm. For my friend Alfonso Rachel, i Bill Whittle. This is the virtue signal made possible by the members at BillWhittle.com. We'd love to have you join us if you'd like to, and if you don't want to, that's okay too. I guess. Uh. Yeah, okay, it's okay. We'll see you next week right here on The Virtue Secret.